Can we also just talk about for a moment uh, how ridiculous that song is? Because she know is definitely my... wearing two distinct outfits simultaneously. Do you know what my... She's wearing apple bottom jeans and boots with the fur. And also baggy sweatpants and Reeboks with straps. Okay. Do you want to well, know apparently my favorite that's also version the song. of that song? If you're, if you're a parent, apparently that's also the song where you find out your daughter has been fucking the English teacher. I mean, so, okay. I mean, it was a skit, my, but it was still hilarious. My, my favorite version of that song is the Beach Boys rendition of it. She got them apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Yeah, the whole damn club wasn't looking at her. It works. They did the whole damn song. It's beautiful. I have decided tonight's taint shall be of a different variety because I went to the very famous the wrong stores soft drink uh, bar yes Thieves. which is delicious and it's here in Utah so everybody else in the world can suck it I'm gonna pour some vodka in here okay so tonight's episode <laughs> of the Black Tower podcast so we decided to do something fun and have some live action loveliness some live action taint and we decided that such beautiful live action taint should be should not be restricted with everyone okay see so now everyone in our discord can suck it everyone in the discord (laughs) you are welcome to suck it at your leisure (laughs) other hospitality and me just went oh no Black Tower Podcast coming at you with an episode. This special episode is A, the last time we record this season effect in season three. And it's the last time we record an episode before the gathering madness. That's right. You guys remember, you guys know what's happening here in just If you're listening to us live, you got four days, four days until the madness is gathered in Los Angeles, California. (laughs) It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, We have uh, all kinds of fun lined up. We have all kinds of fun that has not been planned yet, but we're still working on it. 89 hours. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Nine if you're in the area hours. or you'd like to fly in and get yourself a hotel room and party with us, which I know you want to, um, come on over. It's gonna be a come on over, come on over, baby. Come on over, come on over, baby. Oh yeah. So that's it. That's it. We're gonna do a Black Tower podcast. It's gonna be an extravaganza tonight to celebrate the season finale of season 
three. You know, I just want to take a moment real quick. Just speak a little bit of gratitude and say thanks to uh, our listeners and to my wonderful co-hosts. You guys, you guys are the best. Um, and I want to do that real cheesy, stupid thing where on Thanksgiving where people are like, Claire in the chat will say what you're thankful for. But instead of saying what you're thankful for, I want you to think back and pick a moment in the previous three seasons that you love the most. Those of you listening along, throw it in the live chat. Um, those of you watching this on YouTube, no matter when it is, you know, it could be season 15 and you guys are like, whoa. These Black Tower boys is really cooking. I wonder what they looked like when they started out. I don't know why you have that accent. It's okay. Uh, we don't judge. I, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you just moment In the comments below. Indeed. Hey, what, what, what about you? Where you guys go? What one of you? Just shoot from the hip real quick. What's a, a favorite moment? It's a horrible methodology for accuracy, sir. You're a horrible method. Wait, well, sorry, what? I mean, I actually am a horrible methodology for accuracy. <laughs> Don't use the Andrew method. Is that your oh, favorite moment? Is that um, you're a horrible? Yeah, we just we just made we just made my favorite moment. Yeah. Every moment's my favorite moment, <laughs> guys. Right you know here. this. You Always know. the next moment. That's the fit. Always the next moment. <laughs> well, maybe I'll get a little high. Um, all right. I will, I will go first. I think my personal favorite moment, uh, in the black tower podcast, uh, was Josh's face when Andrew surprised him at the very first. Oh yeah. Because Josh didn't know that Andrew was going to be there. That, and so yeah, having I proceeded this... to rub uh, Reaper Squeeze's hot sauce <laughs> in my eye. Yeah. That was great. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, a close second. Great <laughs> for you. It fucking hurt for me. <laughs> to, to run this down, for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, it was the very first Gathering Madness in LA, which, fun story, this one coming up this weekend is the second time we will have done it in LA. The oh first, the first LA, it was kind of a thing of happenstance. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm taking the family on vacation. We're going through LA. Daniel lives in LA. I should actually go meet my co-host whom I've been recording with for the last six, seven months. And I start messaging the guys. I'm like, hey guys, I'm going to be in, in LA. This is going to be a lot of fun. Daniel, what are you doing? We're going to, we're going to hang out. We got to meet. We got to hang out and do some things. It was a lot of fun. And Andrew, unbeknownst to me, was like, fuck it, I'm going to fly into L.A. And all three of us are going to party. This is going to be great. And we were in... I actually Daniel's went all out for that trip, by the way, which I rarely oh, do. Oh, he did. I, I did flight. I did rental car. I did hotel. It yeah, is it rare that I do all of those things. And it was, I, it to this day, is tremendously appreciated. Um, and then better, we, were at, we I mean, were at the escape awesome. room... Glad. We were at the escape room, and Daniel was like, okay, before we get started, I got one more surprise for you. Because um, he had, like, he had, like, got us donuts, and he was like, yeah, we're going to do a game. It's going to be great. I'm going to be a nice host. I'm being awesome. And then and then he goes, I got one more surprise for you. And 
Andrew walks in. Babyface Andrew, no beard at the time. And, Little and bit. He walks in, and it was the first time. We actually went and pulled up that photo, and he and I both have little facial hair, <laughs> and I, I have, have bright red head hair. It's great. It was a great moment. Um, it, it was, was a really great. I I gotta say that is that is that's got to be one of my favorites. Um, let's see. In uh... actually, you know what? I I also I have a second one, and I'm gonna throw it out. And I apologize if I'm taking either of yours, but I am gonna throw out another one. Uh, because it really is also very much imprinted in my brain. And that is going up to Josh's place in Ogden on uh, November of last year. And that very first moment of being in a room with the three of us and a number of other people who were also watching and getting that very first moment of when the TV show came out yes. and we were all in Josh's basement and we were all watching it together and we that was great. felt the magnitude of the moment. And it was, it was fantastic, especially because Josh had actually gotten a chance to see the first two episodes earlier because he had actually gotten a chance to go to one of the premieres. Yes. Um, I, I was, in and I had missed the one in LA and Andrew had not had one nearby enough at least on long enough notice to make any of the ones over on the East coast either. Um, and so both of us were actually watching it for the first time for the first time. Uh, Josh had gone, gotten a, a chance to watch it already, but he was doing, I'm going to say this very kindly and civilly. When it is something to that level of excitement for Josh it could be the 12th time that he's watching it and he will still be one of the most excited and hype people in the room. Just, just so wait till this weekend can, when we do our watch party. Right? Just, it was, it was definitely awesome. So, all right, Josh, what do you got? I, I think one or of Andrew. mine, because um, there's, there's a lot of like really notable moments, but I think maybe oh, yeah. one of my favorite ones is it's going to have to be uh, that Saturday of Jordan Con when <laughs> Daniel finally walks through the front doors after bubble after bubble after bubble of evil just afflicts the shit out of Spirit Airlines. We hadn't really been in contact with him all day. I'm sorry. And I'm he- sorry. Spirit Airlines is actually just a bubble of evil. They were not being affected by bubbles. The whole airline. They are a bubble of evil. I mean, I was trying to give benefit of the doubt to avoid getting sued by their even not as good as Better Call Saul lawyer. But but yeah, fair enough. But you walk in and we'll take the rap on that one. (laughs) And within five minutes, we're like, hey. Glad you made it. Uh, you have 10 minutes and we're going live on Dusty Wheel with Matt and everybody here. So fucking couch um, gone. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was good. And, that was uh, fantastic. That uh, that really embodied a lot of how we do things here. Hey, you're here. We have a thing in like 10 minutes. Get ready. <laughs> yep. I know you just like finally got here after probably like camping out in an airport. But well, but, and of course, I will back be honest. To work now. I will be honest. I mean, I'm not trying to throw anybody under any buses, but I will also say if it needed to happen to someone and that person would still be able to just be like, cool, punches, let's roll with them. 
<laughs> that is like that's 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 what I do. I just punch me as many times as you need to because I will just figure out how to just I <laughs> love it. Roll so. with them. Just roll with them. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that was that was perpetually doesn't hear a bell. Not because right? there isn't one. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> just a ruptured eardrum. <laughs> wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 even better. Hold on. All right, hold on. All right. I could do this all day. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Get out of here. Um. Okay. Not, so not the Captain before, America show mouse bad. Before I give mine, uh, we had a couple in chat pop up. Yes. Uh, of course, Adelorna Sadai, one of her. I'm surprised she said favorite moments. I thought this was one of her most hated moments. Is uh, when we shaved for the uh, the Wadathon. I, uh, um, I, I to be like an fair. Iliander. To be, to be fair, fair, to be fair, um, we did actually only shave this part. Part of it, yes. Therefore, well, the beard was actually still there. Sorry, I meant on our faces, Andrew. Not on our. Not <laughs> oh, on our. I heads. didn't do anything with the face. But yes, exactly. She's so, now specifying most memorable, indeed, not favorite. Had we gone ahead and actually shaved the beard area, I think she would be like, oh, never again committing you murders. Black Tower motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still propose that that was slightly, at least slightly easier to deal with than walk, leaving work like on the Friday before that with a full head of hair, uh-huh. showing up to work on Monday with nothing but the beard. Oh yeah, and just watching everybody in my office go, "What happened what to you?" Happened? And my only excuse being <laughs> charity. Charity. <laughs> Indeed, um, I got in a fight with a weed whacker, and the weed right whacker won. I I do want to say this because it is uh, one of my favorite moments as well. But Ole Slayer is going all the way back, and said, "When the three of us coalesced." And relit the torch of the Black Tower podcast. Um, mm, and yes. that actually kind of moves my heart a little bit. I'm really glad to know that uh, there are people out there who are really appreciating what we're doing. Um, so this one's to you, Ole Slayer. And Indeed. to you, Adelorna Sadai. You guys are the best. You guys are what make the tower. All you listeners are. You guys are awesome. I remember the day that I was called up from the reserves and Andrew <laughs> said, Andrew said to me, the black tower, the black tower rides for Tarman Gaiden. Will I ride alone? And I said, no, no, said, nay, sir. Nay, you will not. Let's no, see, you will not. Every Tuesday from seven to nine 30 PM Eastern, any other day, let me know in advance. I'll see what my schedule allows. Uh, Smack says uh, the taste uh, of paint challenge is always a favorite. Yes. Matt oh, Stagger yeah. says Dude, uh, I really like the the second year because Phantology showed up. Yeah, uh, that's at your right. place. And went uh, and went sauce for sauce. Adelorna, yeah, you showed yep. up last year and went sauce for sauce. Um, we got Made someone us look else. Like some sissies. Well, no, no, they're not going to be there for the taste of the tank now. Correct. But yes. they still may try to go sauce for sauce. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. They're, they're going to go Sprite for Sprite. Spirit for there Sprite. There you go. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Spirit for Spirit. Yes. 
Matt, Matt Stagger says our interview with Kate Fleetwood, which yes, oh, yeah. I still, still, I still, still look at that and there. I go, did that actually happen? Let's watch the. Was video. I yeah, alive? Actually, was happened. I alive for that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Indeed. Lots, well, lots pretty, of great moments. I think pretty dope moments. Oh, getting chosen by Amazon to do the Twitter watch party for oh, episode my... six of season one. Like. There's there's people you get DMs from on Twitter, or uh, generally like I'll get a message, or we'll get a message from Josh about like, hey, we just got a DM from Twitter, and every once in a while, Josh will kind of freak out, and <laughs> it'll be stuff that's like cool, but like for me personally, may not be like freak out worthy. Sure. And it was just like one of those moments. Josh is like, oh my god, guys, you're like, you got to see this, something crazy, or this is big, or something like that, and we're like, oh, okay, you know, did we hit a milestone of followers or something like that? And then it's like you have a DM from the Wheel of Time and it's like why? I I was like, I hope it's a good thing and not a, you guys need to change your name. Right. Or something (laughs) along those lines. What is this? What is Cease and Desist? Does that mean they like it? Why do they want me to say us and die sis. I don't even have a sis. <laughs> I think um, I think my favorite moment, and I tweeted it out because uh, the wheel of time, the tweeter of chaos said I could. But my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments, I don't know that I can find a favorite, but one of my favorite moments was when Tweeter of Chaos sent out Valentine's cards to everybody, and ours was mm. a picture of Lan. And it said, you're the only one I want to be bonded to, to the Tower Black Tower podcast from the Wheel of Time. And yes! um, I have that framed on my wall. It really nice. upsets my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, though? No. Okay. No, it doesn't. Um, I do love how you're showing your age a little bit. I mean, like, not <laughs> actually... But there's that commercial with the three older ladies, and she's got all of the Facebook posts printed out right from the internet, <laughs> and then she posts them on the wall. And then the one lady is like, that's not how this works. That's, that's not, not how it. any of this works. <laughs> no, it, and I'm you just going to say, it, it, it's been an absolute ride. Um, yes, I, I have had so much fun um, diving back into my favorite book series of all time because really you know and i think a lot of us before the advent of a lot of the internet and how easy social media was a lot of us i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of us i feel like we'll get into the books have a great time with the books talk to our friends about the books and and get this look you know this look like the uh yeah look you know what i'm saying and then you kind of shut down. You kind of go, oh, okay. People haven't read this book. Nobody wants to talk about this book. I'm going to keep it to myself. And then like every once in a while, you're like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> cleanse the taint. And someone's like, uh, is, is, is the taint cleansed? And you kind of go, uh, uh, how far have you read? And you find one in the wild and you're like talking to them and you're excited. And I feel like every week when we do this, it's that moment for me. 
ever all over again. Um, and it doesn't matter. We've been doing this for three years. We're going to do this for four years. We're going to do this for 10 years. It's going to be Black Tower Podcast forever. I'm going to get that tattooed across my chest. Just kidding. What, what if we've already done it for four years? We have already <laughs> done it for four years. This is the end of season three, but it's the end of year four. Year four. That's right. That's right. But anyway. Um, I actually, um, one of my coworkers, uh, the one that most recently, which really wasn't that recent ago, started reading the series. He just finished book six. Nice. So he was like, Sounds... I finally understand the name of your podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. Yeah, you do. Yes. Let the hate flow through you. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Love it. So happy. Uh, nice. No, but this is actually a pretty good segue into um, our topic for this evening. We do have a topic. We do, yes. This is not us stroking our own ego. It has been reminiscing with the Black Tower, but also we have a topic. Um, And and so one of the things that uh, I would like to say, just as a reminder. We've got all weekend to reminisce. That's true, that's true. Um, One (laughs) of the things I will say is that... Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in life, we often find ourselves tainted with, you know, stress and uh, anxieties and depressions and, and things that, that plague us. And uh, but then we moments, have a good friend who tells us to stop doing that and we feel better. It, yeah, right. Wait, That's exactly on. it. No. <laughs> what I was going to say before I was interrupted was the it's important in those times because it can be when times are the most difficult we all have been there we all know but it's important in those times to remember the good things that happened to remember the good people that you're surrounded yourself with to talk to those good people that you've surrounded yourself with um and good those good memories those good times and those good people give us in our real lives a very good means and method of holding back the taint, of holding back the madness of the dark one. Um, so when you're at your low, don't be there alone, okay? Take those memories of good times with you, take those good people with you and reach out to someone. And every small, Happy memory is another victory against the dark. Okay. Hey, Josh. Um, Mr. Mr. McElwain. Yes. What, what, why do we fall? Get back up. I don't know. You got the quote, but like you were not confident. <laughs> yes. Mr. Wayne. What, oh, why that's right. Fall? That's right. Um, so. No, so it's easy for me to kick you. I have <laughs> now, the reason I'm, I'm doing this is because tonight's topic yes. is an instance that's only happened three times in the books. It's only happened three times. Uh, oddly enough, by three different people. Yeah, three. One, two, three. Two people who are good guys and one people who's a bad guy. That's why they're separated like this. Indeed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. 
that's, two in that's... the two in the light and one in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly that, Daniel. <laughs> two in the light, one in the dark. Tonight we're talking about healing the madness, <laughs> healing the taint. Oh, well, before we do that, taint. we're going to make sure that you're all protected from. Oh, we definitely taint. need some spoiler protection. That's for damn yes. sure, without a doubt. So we're going to go ahead and do that now and listen to the dulcet tones of our good friend Malkir's sexiest, sexiest chef, a third best swordsman, our friend Malkir. Tolks second best like a refill my drink. There may be those who who disagree. Maybe the first of them. Who knows? Anyway. Welcome to the Black Tower. This is your spoiler condom. If you have not read the complete works of Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time, books 1 to 14. And also, New Spring, big bad book of white arts, and The Companion, you are at risk of being spoiled. Spoilers come with side effects. These side effects may include headache, nausea, vomiting, death, dizziness, vaginal or penile eruptions and ejaculations, dysentery, Cardiac arrhythmia, mild heart explosions, varicose veins, darkened stool, darkened souls, more vomiting, arthritis, hemorrhoids, or diabetes, virginity, mild discomfort, vampirism or werewolfism. Gender inequality for the whole planet. Spontaneous dental hydroplosion. Sugar highs. Even more vomiting. Or maybe just a mild rash. If you cannot deal with these side effects, please leave now. For fear of spoilers, you have been warned. Malkiri Rob. Thank you, sir. I absolutely I'm really glad love Zoom that. is telling me to set up professional audio and audio settings. As opposed to our amateur one. That's amazing. Yeah, I like amateur audio a lot more. More authentic. Oh <clears throat> speaking of authentic, uh, it's not one of the ones that are in competition and uh, spoiler for <laughs> who submitted it, but this is actually a drink that we'll be trying as part of the Watt Tales. Ooh. contest though it will not be a contestant uh, mm. because this is one of my submissions nice uh, I like this that. is the one I told Josh about and yes it is you didn't tell me what was in other it people. did you did you tell me what was in it I don't remember if I said anything about it in the no I didn't say anything about it in public chat so the name of this one is for the love of Rand for the love of and, oh uh, yes if you want to know what's in it either go back and watch the stuff from the Gathering Madness, or if you're listening live, uh, tune in to the Gathering Madness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I happen to be a patron and just wait and get the book. That one of our <laughs> Wattail submissions, more shoddy. I don't want to hear uh, it. Does contain some of the Dark One's taint? Oh, like 
the hot sauce that I made. All I right, do have then. that on good authority. Nice. So it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Okay, everyone who's listening, tonight we're discussing the cleansing of of, of the specifically the cleansing of the madness upon personages, peoples and personages. Okay. Um, as I said, it's only been done three times. Once by the betrayer of hope, Sir Ishamael. Once by Lady Nynaeve Almira. And once by Sir Dahmer Flynn, Ashman of the Black Tower. And hey, Sir Dahmer Flynn Esquire, thank you very much. <laughs> Please give him his full title. Okay, you know that's fair. Some of those... That's fair. Some of those instances may in and of themselves also include uh, several sub-instances, but it's all that is true. one yes. scene. Yes, Indeed. yes. Well, yes. The, the problem is, is that, you know, we could do a whole episode on uh, uh, I agree. We could do a whole episode on uh. <laughs> Awesome moments that happened off page, right? Um, there's Matt versus Cool It In. Um, it's actually not bad. Wait, we, we Matt should, fights Cool It In? <laughs> Sorry, I meant to mute and I couldn't get to it fast enough, and the sneeze came out. Well, I mean, it, it depends. If we treat if we treat everybody else by the same metric, we treat men. Then no, and it also was of no use and helped nobody. So I said what I said. You can feel, feel free to at me. I, I won't Woo. see it, but you can Woo. at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we'll start, I guess we'll start with the first one because not only is it the, uh, the first time we see it, but it's also, I feel like an imperfect sort of version of healing of the madness of the taint. And that is in the prologue. Um, what we get is Which Louis prologue? Theron wandering around. Elena, my love, where are you? Um, Ishmael pops out. Oh, that um, one, the one Shadows. Red Eagle put on TV. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Hey. <laughs> I still are we say, even sure that actually happened, or was it just a weird fever dream? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh. Um, so Ishmael pops out and he's like, ah, hello, Luz Baron. And he's like ready to boast, right? Like, I win. Ha ha ha. And Luz Theron is batshit insane, right? Oh, he welcomes him as a guest. Yes. Like he's so far gone that he's like, Elena will ah, give me the yes. rough side of her tongue if I don't you introduce you properly. wonderful person <laughs> who's here. And he's like, you wonderful, but what, what? We're enemies. We're the most enemigos on, all over. On the statement of the what? rough side of her tongue, is Ileana a tabaxi? Like, She's what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, a tabaxi. That's the D&D cat people are used. Oh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Nico, sorry. Nico, I, 
Stop it. I will you break go. your that Nico Nico kneecaps. Right All right. That was a that's gonna be a gif right there. Someone's gonna make that a gif. I I immediately regret my decision. I immediately also I do love the headcanon that Ilyana is a Nico girl, so that's cool. Which makes her death even more of a tragedy than it was before. <laughs> oh, Ilyana! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so Samuel gets pissed, right? Because he can't brag, he can't boast. Um, loses like he can't die, he can't boast. And so, what does he do? He says, He says, Fine, I'm not as talented as your sisters with this kind of thing. But I'm gonna do my best, and then of course we get a montage of, you know what? Oh God! Side note, real quick. Oh God. So, remember in Winter's Dragon, in this scene, Billy Zane has him by the head, and he's like, "Be here, lose Theron." And there's the spinny camera work. It's the same kind of camera work as Episode Eight, the season finale in season one of the Wheel of Time. Is that a callback? I still don't like it. I, if you're gonna call back to Winter Dragon, I have several concerns. <laughs> and spe- I the know. chief one is how are you gonna call back without having at least a flash of the series Ishmael being the face of Billy Zane? Like that should have been like a flash of like his face as was, Billy Zane. It was both Ishmael scenes where the camera was like. It might be, but that's definitely one like I could live without. You know what? That's not saying much considering what I can Leave a comment below. Eight. Leave a comment so. in live chat. Do you think it's the same thing? After this episode is done, you better believe I'm going to be doing some rewatch and I'm going to see if it's done the same way. And if it is, I will die on this hill. Rafe and the director of episode eight were trying to do a callback to Winter's Dragon. And I just uncovered it. You heard it here first at the Black Tower podcast. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Josh. Yes. Weird hill to die on, but at least you're yeah. dead. But at least you're <laughs> dead. <laughs> Damn. Fucking shots oh. fired. So the uh, so he he grabs Luce Theron, and in the book it describes obviously extraordinary amounts of pain. Right? Luce Theron is screaming in pain, like, "Oh my God, what is going on?" Um, and I don't think we really get a a description of what specific weaves he's using oh not even a little we just get oh i think a, we get a hint basically just flashing because the power right through it ishmael ishmael does give us like he's been doing the entire prologue uh a sentence but he actually gives us a sentence that says, but I fear Shaitan's healing is different from the sort you know. Be healed, mm. lose there. So it's probably the true source that he's using. Yeah. Or the true power that he's using. Not That's what I'm the thinking. true source. Because if the taint is something that your lord and master of the dark has placed on men that can channel, one, it would stand a reason that you have to use his power to alleviate it by any stretch but also it would have to be his like tacit uh, approval for you to remove or peel back even for a moment something that he has done 
Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, like, I hear what you're saying, and and on some levels, I definitely agree. I entirely think that it's it's very possible that Ishamael at that point is just like, okay, the easiest way to go ahead and deal with this is to just use the Dark One's power to remove the Dark One's taint from you so that you can see what's happening. So he's using um, the true power. However, correct. However, I will also say that given that later, now that we're fully spoilered, um, given that later there are people who can remove madness using one half of the true source, I certainly don't think it's a requirement. And I definitely think that Ishamael at that point absolutely feels like the dark one would be okay with him going ahead and cleansing Luz Theron of the taint so that Luz Theron can realize how much he'd done fucked up like that well, actually I've sounds like a very shy tan thing um so I feel like it's it's definitely not I feel like it's not necessarily the line is suggestive, and I like where you're going with it, but given that later we have it being healed with just Sidar, um, I think that it easily could just be Sidar. Yeah. Well, again, uh, I also never said that it was a requirement. Correct. I think that is something that Ishmael would have done, because I think at this point, he's relatively unsure of exactly how free Shaitan's reach is because this is happening very soon after the attempted sealing of the boar. Yes. And where is he really motivated to do what Shaitan wants for fear of like being not reborn? Absolutely not. He wants that. He's like, don't, don't reborn me. Don't bring me back. I dare you motherfucker. (laughs) But I could also see him look him being smart enough to say, if I'm too blazingly apparent at my disregard for what Shaitan wants, he's just going to keep me around to torture me, which is why he goes through as Ishmael and Morden and does all this stuff to make it look like he is fighting for the sake of Shaitan, while ultimately hoping that somewhere in that either Shaitan will just obliterate all of creation or he will somehow be obliterated by his opponent. In the moment, fire is me, that Daddy. really like, is that really like chief in his mind? Very, po- very possibly not. It may simply just be a thing like, because we see as soon as he's reborn as Morden and regains full access as Nablus to to the true power, true, yeah, true power, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true power. Yeah. Um, that he uses, uh, he he uses uh, the, the true power like a heroin addict uses heroin i don't know like it's just all the time every chance he can for any excuse and any reason um not to necessarily disparage heroin addicts um but fight addiction you can do it i have faith in you more than couldn't and you see what happened to him that's actually not a good example because he kind of gets what he wants in the end so let's not go that (laughs) route (laughs) well anyway but only with help from others True. But only with help from others. This is true. 
the other thing is is that when you saved it daniel thank you <laughs> eli i got you ishi heals loose theron he knows it's a temporary measure so it's very important to note that he doesn't heal him completely of his madness he's able to peel it back just enough so that he knows what he did <laughs> and so that ishi could say nanny nanny boo boo which is a real dick move like tell me you hate a guy without telling me you hate a guy like can you imagine like okay say you go insane like complete certifiably insane are no longer able to understand what you're doing right and you kill a bunch of people and then you're on trial they put you into a criminally insane place and they say you know you know we're going to give him the chair you got the death sentence and then someone says hey right before we kill him let's heal him so he knows what he did that's that's dark ishi like bro i mean dark. we know that ishi is the ultimate edgelord so well i mean we know that that's in his wheelhouse yeah oh and this i'm not gonna like part of this thought is definitely brought up by probably what you've both seen in the live chat too uh because the fact checker mahale is here with us and has posted a, a paraphrasing of a q a um or sorry it is a crown a crown of swords signing report from october 9th of 1996 um where robert jordan was asked um basically what are the limits of the true power when do we see it used before and RJ points uh, that it was used in the prologue of the Eye of the World and it was used to heal insanity and that the one power cannot be used to heal insanity. Um, Which is directly at odds with the book, well, but also what not Robert Jordan's I was book. Getting there. <laughs> um, because the question I was going to ask is whenever we see like Nynaeve and Dahmer Flynn do, which spoiler alert under the spoiler warning are the two other kind of instances we're going to talk about correct when they do their healing does it actually roll back any of the insanity and madness or does it just prevent it from getting worse because i feel like i vaguely remember naive saying i can stop it from getting worse but i can't roll back the damage already done okay okay this is an important thing to notice because Nynaeve delves Ashman Naif. Mm -hmm. Or is he an Ashman? I don't know if he's an Ashman, but it's Naif. He's a he's a dedicated. He's the one. Who, he's he's bonded yeah, to lowercase a yes. Ashman. Yes, lowercase a Ashman. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, what are what are soldiers? Are geez. they just no no case a? They're just, it's just shaman. It's just shaman. <laughs> They're just shaman. Shaman. Members of the shaman. Oh, God. Until you get your peeheem. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> anyway, she delves him, notices mm -hmm. what she calls little black barbs all yep. stuck throughout his brain. And she's like, this has got to be healed. You've got to be able to heal this. We've got to be able mm -hmm. to do this. She is able to remove 
the barb mm -hmm. but there are two things with it one it leaves a mark like mm -hmm. it, you, you can't just heal the brain entirely kind of a thing and two it takes a lot of energy out of her and nafe is one of the ones who's sort of on the uh lighter end when it comes to exposure to the taint on Sidine. she's able to heal or remove the taint from his mind he has tears in his eyes he's no longer afraid to use Sidine. he runs off with tears in his eyes to tell his eyes that i have been healed yay and nynaeve sits down and goes <laughs> holy crap she then looks at Rand. She then tries to delve Rand, and uh-uh, it's not happening. Even so, even the act of removing one of the barbs of Sidine, it's 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 also like a cascade thing, right? Nynaeve is afraid of doing partial removals because she doesn't know how it's going to affect things. Blah 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 blah. And so when she looks into Rand's mind and Rand is just, you know, instead of neurons firing, he's got little black spines, little black barbs of uh, the taint on Sidene, which makes sense because the man has channeled literally all of Sidene at some point in time. <laughs> well, she also notices a barrier with Rand. And yes. and yes, there's there's yeah. another barrier. There's a white net wrapped around yeah. each one, and she's like, "Yeah, I can't she's heal kinda, this, but I think yeah. you're good." Yeah, she's kind of like, "That's different from the already different." So I'm gonna put a pin in that, and we might come back to that. <laughs> Maybe a barb. We'll see. Um, so, well, and okay, so this is this is definitely one of the one of the things that's. <laughs> Yeah, Rand had a tank condom on his back. <laughs> so, so this is one of the things that's left somewhat unclear, which is not my favorite thing in the world, but also totally understandable. And that is, there, there are three pieces of this that are unclear. Number one, and the easiest, is right. Robert Jordan said it in an interview as an answer to a question, the one power can't heal insanity. He's also not the one who actually wrote the story exactly. where insanity gets healed. Exactly. Now, again, I will absolutely say with absolutely no question or qualms, I think that Brandon Sanderson did his absolute best to follow Robert Jordan's wishes and to do different things to make it so that his notes and his answers to questions and his view vision for the series and everything like that was well realized in the last three books. That being said, the one power can't heal insanity is still a mildly open thing in some ways, because just because it can't heal insanity, can it stop her it up? Can it change it? Can it do something about it, even if it can't heal it? There are still open possibilities with it, even if you're saying point blank, the one power cannot heal insanity. Because, of course, the second thing here is that it seems like Nynaeve isn't actually 
healing insanity necessarily but it's also not fair to say that she's like i can't stop it from being from getting worse because when it comes right down to it it definitely seems like the story is saying even with robert jordan still writing it after the taint is cleansed it won't get worse for those people who are channeling sighting anyway. So saying the phrase, I can stop her it up and make sure that it won't get worse. Absolutely could just be unreliable narrator who doesn't know what they're talking about of it was never going to get worse anyway. So that's not a worry, but you're still worried about it because you don't know because you're not channeling Sidene. So you're still saying that as a phrase, or it could just be, Maybe once you're actually inflicted with the taint or afflicted, not inflicted, afflicted with the taint, it does legitimately just get worse. And so the only people who are actually now protected are the people who are touching Sidene only after it's cleansed. But that doesn't seem to be what the story is saying either. Um, And so I think really what's happening is that she's just changing the way it works. Because, I mean, we do have, again, a, a very helpful uh, viewer in the chat saying the taint caused Nafe to see Murdral, and once he's healed he knows that they weren't there and no longer sees them actively but he still knows that they were there in his memories they still exist in his mind they still existed even though he's been healed of his affliction so it's really just, I can't make all the bad things that have happened to you go away in the past, but I can make sure no new bad things I, happen. I actually really like that because the memory of trauma, the memory of a traumatic experience can still leave an emotional scar Correct. that affects the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So to say I can't roll it back, I, I like that. She can't go back and modify his memories. Yep. She can't go back and modify the past in his mind so that he knows that that, was, that never happened kind of a thing. Yeah, that he's not hurt by it. The emotion, the memory, the fear, the trauma will always be there. Yep. Period. Sorry. Nothing I can do about that. And unfortunately... Even though I now can recognize, oh, that was insanity. It wasn't real. It didn't happen. What I cannot do is remove myself from that memory and unexperience those things. Maybe the more appropriate thing that Nynaeve could have said was, I can't heal over the scars that you've already received but I can make sure that no new ones get made. I think that's, I think that's a good distinction. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, well, and because again, I think that that is an accurate statement as far as what the book seemed to suggest, which is your madness can't hurt you anymore because I'm getting rid of the parts that are actually stabbing into your brain. That are actively hurting you. Yeah. That are actively hurting you, but I can't, take back the hurt that has already been inflicted on you. I, I almost wonder so, too, 
Uh oh. Uh oh. He's got oh. the book. Pulling out the book because this this whole scene with um with Na- naive is that however you say his name even naive. though I just read his name naive naive yeah. um is chapter fifteen uh tower yeah towers of midnight um and so naive does her normal naive thing that we associate with her healing the the using all five weaves of of the power. Mm-hmm. And she does the the counter weave, what she seems what she thinks is like an opposite weave to uh, the not the compulsion, but the uh, the madness or the taint mm-hmm. that she sees stuck on or just lazing over uh, Naive's mind. Because at first she just describes it as like a network of veins that kind of go around. She doesn't yes. notice the barbs initially, and her weave just fades and nothing happens. And then she delves deeper and notices the barbs, and then that's whatever she still does the the counter weave but then also uses all five powers to take and pull each little thorn out remove it heal it and um throw her counter weave on the taint at the same time and she remarks that rather than being like any actual illness or affliction it is a lot closer to compulsion or reminds her a lot more of compulsion than it does of any ailment um and so for that, for that reason, there is the potential, given that this is Towers of Midnight and I need experience and expertise uh, and talent and healing by this point, which I definitely think completely enabled her to even do this in the first place, mm-hmm. um, that maybe, though the effect seems very akin to healing because, you know, obviously madness is going to be viewed as, as a sort of uh, sickness, maybe we're not exactly right in calling it an actual like disease and it actually being healed but maybe we'd be better served thinking of it closer to compulsion but like a compounding compulsion that forces the mind to to see and perceive reality uh in illogical uh ways designed to make them question reality and question those around them and turn against those around them like a slow slowly increasing form of compulsion to slowly turn a good person into just irrational and maybe an agent of the dark i also love the idea and i've never thought about this before so it definitely is one of those sort of like aha moments that andrew just gave me which i fucking love um is the idea of when the dark one acts on the world he sends his power out to sort of roll along threads of the pattern and they run into things whether that be Tavirin or you know other thread crossings or whatever and they pop and that's what is called a bubble of evil and they're all different and they're all unique to whatever is sort of happening at that point and they all have you know very interesting manifestations as they go and i think that that has a lot to do with what thread they were traveling down what caused them to go ahead and go off in the first place and things like that i think that it sounds like madness is also a lot like that it's just personal brain-bound bubbles of evil 
which is why as you use the power, use citing more and more and more, you're sort of calling those into yourself. And that's where you sort of, you get further and further like spider webs of black and like veins of black as they just travel further and further down into your brain and your psyche. And of course, some people are able to just fight off those bubbles of evil for long lengths of time. I mean, Rand fights off a ton of actual physical bubbles of evil throughout um, the Dragon Reborn and the Shadow Rising, uh, as does, you know, Matt and Perrin and whatnot. Uh, And so some people are just particularly well-versed at fighting off bubbles of evil, but anyone breaks after long enough. Uh, And so... I, I really like that idea of it's very similar to compulsion. It's the dark one doing everything that he can to influence your actions, influence your knowledge, influence your how you think of things, uh, a la compulsion. And it's just, it manifests differently for everybody because he doesn't actually have direct control over it. Like, you know, the way that Mogedian uses compulsion on a, a bunch of people and Grendel uses uh, compulsion on a bunch of people and whatnot. Because those all look very, very similar. They're doing the same thing over and over again, but they also know exactly what they're weaving every time. They know exactly what they're doing to lay the exact same net over the exact si- or like over each individual person when they need them to do that specific thing but since the dark one is so willy-nilly that's one of the reasons that it's so individualized it's because it's a bubble of evil effectively popping in someone's brain along a very specific thread trajectory caused by a very specific event caused by you know all of these different things and each one of those things is very unique to each individual and very unique to where they are in their life at the point where they first touch it and they continue to touch it and you know all of this different stuff and so when she comes through and she eliminates those things it's it's basically just reverse engineering the dark one's touch. It's not about actual like madness or disease at all. It's just erasing it's those moments of the like that bubble residue. Or or and even course, yeah. Even even like pulling a knife out of a stab wound. Like that's not healing per mm-hmm. se. It's removing an object that is causing more pain and anybody yep. in the medical field will tell you if you get stabbed leave it there until a leave medical professional fuck alone can remove it professionally because <laughs> yes you are much more likely to do more damage pulling it out than if you were to just leave it there and let a medical professional remove it for you and There's so, also, when, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, she, her first attempt at removing uh, the taint from, from Naif is just like her attempts and uh, her semi successes in removing compulsion. 
she lays a counter weave that count you know lays counter to the one that's already there lays it on it disappears um but of course the first time she does it uh to curb uh curb dies so she applies the lessons learned from <laughs> failing to remove compulsion to you know not instantly kill uh naif yes yeah, well so, and that's that's another thing so she, she notices real quick yeah and it would make sense that if this was something done by i don't know one of two entire entities that exist outside space time <laughs> and have direct access to an infinite supply of power they probably can do compulsion differently and in many ways better like a way that can't just be like okay well here's a counter weave to pull it off or you know even though it's not that simple but I would imagine the dark one has a better way, or this easier, not easier, I'm using all the wrong words here, has this more concrete way of doing it where it can't just simply be counterweaved off um, and, you know, a stopgap put in uh, to heal the damage afterwards. And it also would make sense that he would want it to be something, or that he would allow it to be something that builds over time because time doesn't really matter a lot to a being that lives outside space time so yeah well, well so it's... here's another question to go ahead and ask for another time but it's also very much related to this which is all of this started or a lot of this started by drilling into the dark one's prison right that's where a lot of the story starts and where they Without once, purpose. right, where now the Dark One is loose in the world, people have access to him, they're turning over to the dark side, they're gain gaining the ability to use the true power with his permission. Um, And then we go through blah, 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 we do the stopgap, doesn't really work, people can still use the true power, though there's a very, very small amount of them, and of course he the dark one seems to be very averse to letting people do that for a while blah 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 blah. at the point that rand goes ahead and does the better seal does he then actually cut off use to the true power because of course kalendor for example has the ability to use the true power in some ways it, but it does a, have to come from for the true yeah. Power, yeah yeah but it still has to come from somewhere so can rand now walk around with calendar or really any man that can channel it doesn't need to be rand but can any man who can channel walk around with calendar now and do a better job of healing insanity because they can sort of without the dark one's permission I don't because so. the dark one is imprisoned use it or is it a situation where they still need the dark one's permission or is it a situation where the dark one is sealed away far enough that you just can't even access the true power at all that, that's regardless my of permission that's therefore calendar is thing. actually that much less impressive now in yes. age four <laughs> <laughs> yep that's mine i mean that's they my gotta book. somehow that's forget about its link to the true power so that somebody can come back around and read and discover it and you know make the critical discoveries Ooh, right here you go time. fan theory 
Calendor has survived numerous terming, turnings of the wheel. Termings of the wheel? Termings of the wheel. I would say if there was an object to survive numerous turnings of the wheel, I, Calendar would be my top pick. Oh, I would... Yeah, I would say that the two things that I feel like are eternal are actually oh, Calendor and the crystal... Uh, and the the crystal the crystal forest. Ooh. I think that the pillars are actually. We reforge the shards has... of the crystal forest. <laughs> and I name you Calendor, Flame of the West. No, 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 no. Not that. Not that. I just think that the <laughs> that the crystal columns in Ruidian, they actually built Ruidian around those crystal columns, and that's why they decided to build Ruidian there. Not that they built the crystal columns in the Age of Legends or anything, but that just the uh, crystal columns are a remnant of so many past ages and that no one knows because no one is old enough to remember and there's not enough writing. Another crystal column goes up. Until eventually it takes over the whole world. Yes! <laughs> uh, oh my god, wait. I, I actually love that. Wait. Which is why it can see into past times. It's a reflection of past lives, ages, and turnings of the wheel. Wait, guys. I love the idea of then them not just expanding in one area but having the crystal columns in Ruidian and then also having a whole forest of crystal columns show up in like Shanchan that'd be dope as fuck (laughs) all right well they have to have some kind of oracular powers to know when you know what this is a topic for another episode. Yes, it is. It definitely. We're is. gonna put that. We're gonna actually put in that. You know what I think this is a legitimate topic for? A fanfic. I, the one that you mean the one that I still have to compile into a single document. Correct. That one. That fanfic. Yes. Um. So getting back to the healing por- portion yes. of this. Um, the more I think about this, the more I think, God, did anyone else heal? Like, I'm struggling to remember specifically when Dahmer Flynn did it. So again, I'm thinking of how lame it is that RJ confirms that Kalendor was made during the War of Power. That's fucking Yeah, that is, that is Uh, really cool. Um, so, yeah, but. So. From my recollection, and again, I know that Morshadi is here, and I I welcome him to go ahead and and tell me, you know, that that I'm incorrect or confirm with me that I am or whatever. If I remember correctly, there are two instances when Nynaeve and Flynn are directly compared. And by that, I mean the first time that Nynaeve shows up, and says, hey, I can 
do this thing that's never been done before, i.e. healing, stilling, or healing, gentling, or whatever, everybody looks at her and goes, that's awesome. Also, we have a guy who did that as well. Because uh, we have a number of Aes Sedai around that were stilled by Rand and he fixed them. Um, and then uh, at some point she also does healing of madness and Dahmer Flint, this is not a situation where they then look at Dahmer or they look at her and go, hey Dahmer, you already did that too. No, I believe there is a conversation where Nynaeve and Dahmer talk and he learns how to do it and he starts going around doing healing people of madness because Nynaeve has other things to do. She doesn't have time to sit in the tower and just sort of day by day heal madness. Whereas that's kind of Dahmer's job in a lot of ways, because he is sitting in the tower, learning, training, doing whatever, and he is the tower healer. And so I believe they talk about the fact that Nynaeve and Dahmer uh, discuss healing madness. She effectively gives him notes on how to do it, and then he spends time going and healing madness around the tower for those Think. most afflicted because Nynaeve can't stay. The, the scene plays out like this. Uh, oh, doctor? Oh, doctor? 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 Do you concur? Uh, doctor? Doctor? Do you concur? Do you concur? <laughs> doctor? 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 Yes. Doctor? Yes. See you at the next medical conference. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but, and so again, we never actually see Dahmer do it. There's only the one scene of Nynaeve healing madness um but she does give him the ability to do so and of course we have enough examples of Dahmer showing the ability to work deftly enough with all five powers that he can do it therefore we just assume that he does because there's no good reason for him not to so is effectively so where we're going with that is that he is another healer on par with Nynaeve. Yes. And there's actually one other... Samiko. Samiko, actually... Samitsu? Sorry. Hold on, we're going. I'm going. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get her. Yes, Samiko. Samiko Karispovan. Okay, yes. Of the kin. But she's also not in the White Tower. She's from the kin. Correct. So we and have she... one of each of the three major Rand thumb. land entities. So no. we got to add no. the thumb. No. No, we don't. <laughs> it's it's these three. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe these three. And then Ishamael. So no. total of four. <laughs> well, again, Simitsu never actually, we never get the suggestion that she does it. And in fact, while Nynaeve wasn't there to try her hand at it, there is the suggestion that she probably would have been able to do something. But Samitsu is handicapped by her White Tower experience. Again, yes. she's amazing, and I'm not trying to take anything away from her, 
but she has been told her entire career and her entire channeling life we do not use all five powers for healing we only use these ones and she has a lot more foundation for that where when she shows up at um when she shows up to try and save rand from the pat on fame dagger from the the shadow logoth dagger that pat and fame has slashed him with um she is out of her element and cannot help him and Dahmer flynn does and so again i think that samitsu is sort of a very good healer and should be given a lot of credit for what she does and she does in fact for example save dobrain yes but miraculous i think that she is ill equipped to actually do things like heal madness because there's just so much foundation there of don't 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 that Nynaeve doesn't have as much foundation for and also looks at and thumbs her nose at actively. And Dahmer Flynn never gets that foundation because he learns in a completely well, different place. And this is one of this is one of the advantages that Nynaeve and Dahmer Flynn both have. Because they don't have a thousand years of White Tower tradition telling them yep. spirit and water. Yep. Spirit and water only. That is what you use to heal spirit and water. And Nynaeve, You're when she starts one. using all five powers, everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? They and also she's like, use I'm air. I'm healing this guy. It's spirit, water, and air. Spirit, water, and air. But they say that fire is dangerous. You can't heal with fire or you're going to kill somebody. That's yeah, the big and, one that they're like, if you use fire, you're going to kill somebody. And, and and once again, like Dahmer Flynn's like, oh yeah, dude, I use fire and earth to heal. Yeah. Like, it's great. Like, I use all the five. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, like fire and earth, baby. You know, at what point do they does somebody fucking somebody finally sit down and be like, look, we have categorically found instance after instance after instance of all the stuff you say never do X is actually the better way to do X. I at what point I, do we finally like uh, it's it's I mean, I know just the, the the real answer or the more logical answer would be. You really don't because they all have these roles in place because people have fucking died trying to do shit the other way. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's just like discovering nuclear power. It is inherently dangerous and people are inherently flawed. So there are going to inherently be mistakes. And sometimes mistakes evolve into really bad fucky wucky and somebody sleeps in the forever box real bad fucky wucky real bad fucky wucky the forever box and that's how you wind up with shit like the demon core and things like that yeah so i, I, I like will say... logistically i get it but also at some point there needs to be like a resurgence of ju- just in Wait. the spirit of Herodfell, just make a one power research and development like section like a, a renaissance as it were the one that's what i think the fourth age would power. be i think the fourth age would be the renaissance period oh, I really, oh absolutely if it's no, 100 if it's in memory of rand and or herod fell then it would be a renaissance oh. <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> wait would be oh. would it be a renaissance Fell. 
No! <laughs> I'm so glad that you got where I was going as it was happening. That was amazing. Yeah. Yes. And invariably, some asshole dressed up like someone from Star Trek and showed up. Yeah. Like Asmodian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would be the guy. That would be the guy. All right. Oh, so, uh, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit more and then stop talking for basically the rest of the episode because I've already talked about it. So uh, your, but your my final, final thoughts, thoughts are uh, <laughs> I think that it's I think that it's really interesting the different ways that they do it because so many people have so many different foundations for where they're learning, how they're learning, what they're told, and what they know to be true from their own experience. Um, I really wish that we had gotten more information about what Ishamayel did to lose. But again, super respect for the fact that Robert Jordan got a contract for one book. So he wrote one book and didn't bog it down with all of the minute details about how things worked. I think that that was the right choice. That being said, once he actually got a chance to write all of the rest of the books that he wrote, it feels like it feels out of place that we didn't find out a little bit more about how many of the different powers of the one power uh, did he use to go ahead and heal Luz Theron? Or was it all just true power? Is that why it hurt so bad? Was there something special about using the true power that needed to happen because of his connection with the Dark One and at the time, you know, Sidi not being cleansed and the Dark One having, you know, a lot more control over it and things like that. It's so hard to say, and unfortunately we can't ever ask anymore. That being said, um, I really think that this is unsurprisingly an allegory for PTSD. And very, very much my, I, I have no actual personal experience with PTSD myself, nor anyone that I actually know well enough to really be around long enough uh, to have any issues with it have ever had PTSD. I have, like Brandon Sanderson, watched enough media and read enough articles and seen enough stuff to sort of understand what's going on without actually ever claiming to know what's going on. Um, but at the same time, again, I think the the taint and the madness is very much Robert Jordan coming to terms with his own PTSD, helping explain it to other people who don't know anything about PTSD, talking about what we can possibly do about PTSD, things like that. And I think that Brandon Sanderson, later on in the books, does a very admirable job as another person like me who has never experienced it themselves talking about the fact that it never really goes away. You can treat it 
you can medicate it. You can therapy. You can have somebody go through therapy. You can do all of these things and they absolutely can, though not always, improve someone's condition and make it so that it happens less or that it happens with uh, less intensity or, you know, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, someone who has been through that much trauma, someone who has that brought home with them so hard is never really going to get away from it. And I think that that is what Robert Jordan was trying to say with it can't be healed. Uh, But I think that Brandon Sanderson did a very good job with it can be mitigated. Um, And so I, I have always very much appreciated the way that the madness exists from the get go and then how it's dealt with by the end. And I very, very much appreciate both Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson for both of their knowledge bases and their uh, attempts at explaining and appreciating and respecting what people who have gone through trauma experience and how difficult and nearly impossible it is to actually eliminate trauma once it's been experienced. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> I do too. Um, and with that, I mean, uh, and this this is not what you insinuated, so please don't think that I'm, I'm saying that. Sure. Um, but PTSD can come from a lot more places than uh, the quote unquote poster child of PTSD. Very. Um, it's, yeah. it's not just your combat vets um, or you know your your like first responders that have responded to inherently violent things. Um, there's, there's people that if you really, if you sat down and looked at their life for you, you might see like the worst day in their life and be like, that's a really bad day. Um, but for them in the moment, it can, uh, create a PTSD. I think there's a, a even Absolutely. a different variant now. Um, what is it called? CPTSD. Uh, well, and of course, complex just... post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm, yeah. And I, I do want to say real quick, you're you're completely right, and I could not agree more. And I will yeah. say that PTSD is most often associated with you know veterans and things like that. But again, even just out of the name, it is called post-traumatic stress disorder. It does not say anything in the name that actually requires it to be from combat or from anything like that. It's just about trauma. Now most of us would agree that war is some of the most traumatic shit that you can ever be in, which is again, why it's probably the most common in combat veterans. But at the same time, again, as you said, there's nothing in that, that name that actually requires it to be war or combat or anything. It is just trauma. You have hard enough, strong enough trauma. You can have it. And that's just a truth. And, and a lot of it like uh doesn't always necessarily have to be like really it, it could be something that somebody mm-hmm. else is like oh that's just a really bad day but mm-hmm. it's all about your response and your brain's Correct. response and how you handle trauma um because to give a bit of a difference between ptsd and cptsd uh, ptsd typically is just going to have things like uh, a sense of the threat uh, of trying to mm-hmm. avoid um recalling the situation or things that rem- remind you of the situation 
Yep. And then, of course, the, the most famous aspect that we see in movies, especially for combat vets, is re-experiencing that thousand-yard yes. stare. Like, they're not here. They're, you know, back in, you know, Vietnam or Iraq or Afghanistan or any number of other places. Mm-hmm. CPTSD has the same three uh, symptoms combined with uh, effect dysregulation, negative self-concept, and interpersonal disturbances. Mm. Um so and that's what makes it complex PTSD because there's an added yep. or some added layers of complexity to the PTSD. All that being said, um, like many things, the Wheel of Time provides a fantastic jumping off point for many discussions. And we've said it many times, hundreds, if not thousands of other people have said it many times, uh, mental illness and mental issues are some of the biggest and most in-your-face examples that the World of Time gives us uh, points to talk about. Um, you can almost pick a character. You can pick Land. You can pick Nynaeve. You can pick Rand. You can pick Matt. You can pick Rand again whenever he's slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the nature of, of the books. Um, and I completely agree with Daniel, I, I think, for sure. Um, if it's not even been just completely confirmed, because uh, I think Brandon Sanderson essentially says that he from reading Robert Jordan's notes and how he was writing about the madness and the taint uh, that he kind of looked at it the same way, that it was kind of his way of, of visualizing and trying to, trying to explain kind of how uh, PTSD affects, you know, it's just this darkness that hovers over the mind that has its barbs in the mind that you don't always have control over whenever you have a good day or a bad day Mm -hmm. um, when you do get lapsed into those things. So I don't know. I, I think some of the people that, uh, that and I'm not saying that you have people in your life that definitely do have PTSD or, or any variant thereof, but I think if we could somehow look at a list of all the events that have caused people to have some variant of PTSD, um, I think it'd be a really eye-opening list because oh, there's going to be things agree. on that that are, that to us are, are going to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, they had to engage in combat. That makes a lot of sense. But then there's going to be the person that, you know, um, just had a, a terrible experience. So for us, we're like, yeah, that's really terrible. But, you know, it doesn't seem lifelong traumatic in, in the sure. form to cause PTSD symptoms. But you know, then again, we don't get to make those decisions. Yep. So wish we did, because that'd be real cool. We'd be like, you actually don't have PTSD. No. And it actually <laughs> meant that you were cured and didn't have yeah. it. Um, or any, num- any other number of diseases and afflictions. But it would be really nice to be able to actually snap your fingers and just say, feel happier and depression was gone. But that's not how it works. (laughs) Um, But to stop rambling and to kind of get to, I guess, like the concise point of my my final thoughts about the topic rather than just PTSD, um, because you know how much I love to get detracted over into that. Just, well, almost anything. Um, I really like the... The little bit of research I did during the episode, I'm not going to lie and say I did it before the episode. Um, the reframing, the removal of the of the taint as the same or similar to removing compulsion rather than uh, being a true and actual healing, even though it's still almost the way it's presented, even though 90 directly says, I didn't use healing leaves. Um, it's still talked about as healing madness. It's still talked about in the same sphere as you know healing a wound or, or something like that 
which in some ways is helpful and beneficial, but in the way it actually works in the series um, does not seem to be the case. And I think it makes it easier to understand just how detrimental the madness actually is, how irreversible much of the damage is, at least for the one power. Um, I had a third thing that I just forgot, so I'm just going to end it there and uh, <laughs> stop rambling on. Um, okay, you know, so ramble. We like to hear you talk. Final thoughts when it comes that to makes three of us. Hey, <laughs> who's the third one? <laughs> They're all up here. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. <laughs> Me, Andrew, some myself, wine. and Irene. I. Um. Okay. So here's the deal. With thick reference, bro. To, when it comes to the madness, I think I think one of the really brilliant nods that Robert Jordan makes, and later on Brandon Sanderson sort of you know carries that torch on, is that we're introduced to into a world in which men who can channel are inherently known to be feared. Because they will go insane and they will kill you. And that's really what we know about them. We know they will channel, they will go insane, they will kill you. Do I mean, not only will they kill you, they will kill literally everything within 100 square miles. And we're going to have the breaking all over again. And it's going to toss us, like, it's going to destroy all of society's progress. This is oh, yeah. the I ultimate. Know mountains, will bow, mountains bow down and the seas will roar. Yeah, this is this is this is nuclear holocaust, right? If you if men can channel nuclear holocaust, and it's not an unrealistic leap in logic because that's almost literally what happened. But one of the brilliant things that Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson do together is they bring it back. They humanize these men who are necessary. We know, according to Rand's vision when he goes through the Twisted Door Terangriel, that he needs male channelers and female channelers at the last battle, as well as the Shan Chan, as well as all the men and women of the Dragon's Legion. Like he needs literally every hand on deck. And we get, deck? and with, with the, what? Did you say on deck? On deck. deck. I'm All sorry, I heard an eye, deck. and I was like, this is a very different last battle than I remember. <laughs> yes. Yes, he needs the Sean Chan on deck. And he, he needs does the a very sea folk on deck, which is fun, because they're already on decks. He, he does a very good job. They do <laughs> a very decks good job decks. of humanizing <laughs> and, and taking this nuclear warhead turning it back into a person and talking about the struggle that person faces for the good of humanity. A greater good. For the good of the light. And once you sort of understand these people's struggles more intimately, you like as the reader you experience it from the perspective of naive going there's gotta be a way to heal this 
I remember my first time through going, there's gotta be a way to remove the taint on Sidene. There's gotta be a way. There's gotta be a way. And then once the taint was removed, it was like, okay, we've done that. There's gotta be a way to heal the madness in some of these men. There's gotta be a way to do this. And for me, those were some really amazing payoffs in the story because I needed those things because not because I'm like, you know, oh yeah, men need to blah, blah, blah. Not it. But I saw a, a people suffering. And my empathy, and I think everyone's empathy, looks towards that and says, God, there's got to be a way to help them. And I think they do a really great job of, of illustrating that. Like, yes, we can help you. This is what we've done to help you. Now it's your turn to give back. And even before the help was given, because remember, the Black Tower was founded in Lord, Lord of Chaos. Mm-hmm. Taint wasn't cleansed. Sidene wasn't cleansed until Winter's Heart. That's three mm-hmm. books. Now, granted, Winter's Heart was like three weeks long or something stupid. But timeline well, Honestly, the timeline between Lord of Chaos and Winter's Heart is pretty short. But you've got all that amount of time. Every single day is a hair trigger to nuclear holocaust. Mm -hmm. And these men did this willingly, knowing that if slash when they lose control, their spark will be snuffed out. Yep. And they did it willingly to present as much resistance as possible at Tommy Guide. And I, I think that when you come to healing the madness, I think it's one of those things that people who suffer under PTSD, I think they all have in common an aspect at one point in time or another of it's hopeless. It's hopeless. I'm done. There's nothing I can do about it. And I can't see a way out of this. And so many people have been there and it's never a great place to be, but you've got to remember like these guys did and like these, these people did in these characters, I'm getting emotional with characters, (laughs) Um, but it's because we know people like this in real life and you got to remember, never give up. There's always tomorrow. There's, always to spit in sightblinder's eye till shade is gone i mean you've got to keep moving forward giving up is not an option caving in is not an option and for this allegory to be retold in the wheel of time i think is one of the things that we resonate with and it's not a men or a woman thing in this particular case. It's a human thing. We've all been there. We've all faced the madness of those dark days, the madness of those times that tell us your demons are are lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce. And healing the madness, you know, I think is a colloquial term that they use. 
And I think, I think, I think in this episode, we have sort of identified the differentiation. We can remove the taint. We can pull the dagger out and we can stop the bleeding and we can stop it from getting any worse. What we cannot do is make it seem like it never happened. So you'll carry that memory with you. You'll carry that trauma with you. But you get to choose how that trauma affects you in the future. And I, yep. there's nothing more empowering that I can think of to look back on my past and say, yeah, you mistreated me. You abused me. I made some bad decisions that led to undue stress and trauma, but I will not let that drag me down in the future. And I will learn from those mistakes. I will learn from that and I'll be stronger tomorrow because of it. And um, I think that's what healing the madness really is. Being better tomorrow than you are today. It, 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 it's a marathon, guys, not a sprint. Just a little bit each day. Do one hard thing every day and grow. And that's what healing the madness is. Well, Sorry, their option got, sucks. Because I'm I fat got way more serious run. than I intended to. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. I got so, fat and I well, I definitely can't run. My I take I run like five <laughs> steps on my back. It's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Andrew's body so, so I don't know why it took me all the but way until after my final thoughts to think of this. And I'm just going to very, very quickly just. <laughs> uh, Daniel, I'm going to say some things and I'm going to stop talking. Also, Daniel, I'm going to say a couple more things. Just real quick. Um, I love the idea that we were talking about of like, you know, the medical professionals say, if you get stabbed, leave it in there until you can get a medical professional to take it out. I feel like Nynaeve was the medical professional who was pulling out the the knife and cauterizing it on the way out or like stitching it up as it was coming out so that it doesn't do any additional damage. And I feel like Ishamael was the bro who came by and was like, bro, you have a stab wound. <laughs> and he was there and was like, no, I don't. Leave me alone. I'm going to go to the hospital. And then he was like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to pull it out. And then just grabs the hilt and pulls. And which is why it's... In oh, that was just so going to go bad. there. Oh! And this spills his beer on it clock. afterwards. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being here on the special <laughs> live season finale of uh, season three of the Black Toe podcast. You love it. We love it. We love you. We're grateful for you. We cannot wait to see you. If you're watching this live, we cannot wait to see you in a four days. Uh, if you're not watching this live, we can't wait to see you on October 15th and 16th of 2022. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the fourth annual Gathering Madness. We're going to kick off the season four of the Black Tower podcast. It's going to be the greatest it season was yet. Amazing. And if you're listening, guys, if you're listening afterwards, start making plans for 2023 if Utah. Where we're going to be meeting in, 
October. Uh, the weekend of the 14th and 15th, or possibly the 21st and 22nd of 2023. So make your plans now, because that's when we're going to be doing next year. Because the also, birthday is on the 18th, which is a Wednesday, which is annoying. Because that means, do we do the, the weekend <laughs> before or the weekend after? I'll fucking know. Plan for both. Yeah. Um, and also, for anybody who is tuning in after October 15th and 16th of 2022, you're welcome for uh, World Peace. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. Done. So, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the likes. Thanks for subscribing. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're, if you're not subscribed to YouTube yet, subscribe to YouTube. Do not miss a single amazing second of The Gathering Madness or any of our other episodes. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you so much uh, for conducting yourselves in an orderly fashion whilst receiving your, uh, I guess, your this week's dose taint. Uh, we hope that uh, you leave here just a, a, a wee bit more insane than you were when you first arrived. From all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been your Sorovan Mihail Josh. I've been that there Bajan Mihail Andrew. <laughs> And I have been your I talk too much Mihail Daniel. Um, before we go, really, really quick, guys. Uh, I know that a lot of people, you, I know all of you uh, who are listening live know about this, but if you're listening to this later and you haven't been to blacktowerpod.com, make sure oh. you pop over there. Say hi. Uh, there are a bunch of things there that are resources for you. We won't spend a lot of time on that because, again, most people already know. But stop by, say hi, do all of the stuff. We look forward to seeing you there. And again, from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love that there are new faces here who don't normally listen live because they either cannot uh, or don't usually get a chance to. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love y'all. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Trouble just fitting in.